Welcome back to another week here. Our first week of 2021. Happy New Year on MWO Sports. Ryan Drury here. I'll be joined as always by Steve Sabrin and Clarky, and we will start things off with a bang. Our buddy Steve Coolius from Sirius XM NHL will be on to chat about the upcoming season and his thoughts on the Leafs, of course. And boy, it's going to be a passionate chat. Imagine that with Cooley. We'll also chat a little bit about the World Juniors and the unfortunate outcome for our boys from Canada here against the United States. States. And as always, we will be joined by our wagering expert, Chris Abbott from coolbet.co to talk about the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. You're listening to and watching MWO Sports brought to you by coolbet.co. This is MWO Sports. Welcome back to MWO Sports, brought to you as always by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury alongside Steve Sabrin and Clarkie, and we're very excited to welcome on our first guest of 2021, friend of the show and host of SiriusXM NHL, the always entertaining Steve Cooley is on with us. Cooley, how are you, buddy? Ryan and the gang, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. 2021 will be better than 2020, and if the Leafs don't get to the semifinal, Heads better roll. The yellow brick road to the final four. What's their excuse now? No Tampa, no Boston, no problem. They can't beat Montreal and Edmonton and Calgary. That's the American Hockey League. Anyway, that's a story for another day. Hello, I'm ready to roll. That was a good show. Yeah, that's great. So what what, what do the Leafs need to do, Cooley, to get that first place and get out of that division? What do they need to do? What are the keys? I was on your show at the end of the year, and let's let's just talk about what we said. Create a grinding third line. They have Zach Hyman on the third line right now. Maybe also to hurt his financial contribution in the future because he's not going to score 20 goals. And That's fine. I get it, Kramer. I see what you're doing. They got Joe Thornton for leadership. Imagine leadership, grit, and defense helping a team win. I think Brendan Shanahan was on a few teams that had those types of things as well. So Thornton's doing well with uh, uh, 34 and 16 right now. That's great. Tavares and Nylander, I like. Jimmy VC might as well be me. I'll leave that for a little bit. They've got a third line. They got some um, experience and depth on the fourth line. That's fine. The defense is way better. I think it's going to impress a lot of people. They got to kill a penalty. And now I learned, and we talked about this with you, Ryan, before. They're going to take centermen on the PK and have them take a draw in their own zone. Oh, my God, who would have believed that a centerman takes a, a penalty kill in your own zone? So Spezza and Matthews to help Hyman and help Engball and help Marner kill penalties and Kerfoot. And so McKayev. Right, and McKayev. So great. So now they're answering. They must have listened to the show. They're answering everything we brought up except Jimmy VC from the Genie. I don't understand that. Everything else, I think they're on the right track. Yeah, it looks pretty good. And I mean, I, I agree. I mean, the news coming out of camp that they're going to let Austin Matthews see some penalty kill time. He's the horse. Why not? And I mean, they always rave about how good he is in his own zone. And I agree. I think he is. Why, why not? Why can't he play on the penalty kill? I mean, Patrice Bergeron does it. I've watched Nick Backstrom do it for years in Washington. I mean, why can't he play on the penalty kill? I, I think that it's going to be a success story personally. I remember when Pat Quinn had Sandin and McGillney killing penalties. Are you worried about them blocking a shot? Yeah. Are the Bruins worried about Bergeron and Marchand 
Leon Dreisaitl, of all the star players in the league, killed the most PK time last year. I mean about people who won major awards. He was at 52 seconds. At the end of the year, he was on the ice six on five, and McDavid was not. So either you play your best players or you don't. If you lose and don't, I'd rather lose playing them and see what happens. Matthews will only get better. It's really his team. He's a first-line center. Tavares is number two. That's as good as a one-two punch you're going to have. Let your horses run. And if your horses don't win the Kentucky Derby, then that's fine. But I'd rather lose shot Ludzi, my buddy, like a lion than a lamb. Well, how's the schedule going to play into the strategies? Because you know, you, I was looking at the schedule today, and, I mean, you start off against Montreal, but then you got three out of four against Edmonton. You go three in a row against Ottawa. Like, this is going to be a bloodbath. I think the friction will pick up where – you know, Wayne Simmons, Wendell of 2021 has to come in. This, uh, Zach Hyman, Alexander Kerfoot, this type of sandpaper we were missing anyway, this is almost a dress rehearsal. When you play Ottawa, it's like when the Blue Jays were good. You know, uh, Tony Fernandez and Damos Garcia, they go into Cleveland, they're not going to win all three games. You want to win two out of three. So you want to win the series, split the series on the road, and do the math and say, if we do that, we'll finish first. We want one versus four in Toronto, home ice, whatever that might mean, and then get to get a, a better matchup. So the door is open. The series are there. Hey, Montreal gets Ottawa 10 times. The Leafs get them nine. So that might be two points that might decide the division. I think we have to be realistic about what's – you're not winning 56 games. So how many can you win? How can you pace your goalkeepers and use the mathematics to help you come May 8th? Cooley, take this from this Clarky, okay? You just mentioned uh, Wayne Simmons and Wendell. So he better be closer to that Clarky than he is to David Clarkson, that Clarky. Because if he's closer to David Clarkson, we're in deep trouble here as Leaf fans. Where do you see Wayne Simmons ending up this season with, with the Leafs? Is he, is he, has he lost it? Worst case scenario is he is driving the taxi squad. That's the worst case. The best case scenario... He'll push power play one to be the guy in front of the net. He'll get up to the third line, which would bump Hyman to the second line, and if Thornton can stay there and takes Jimmy, because you know how I feel about that right now. So those are my realistic situations. If the worst thing is he's a fourth-line right-winger and he can be um, the big rig, Pat Maroon, I would take it now. But he said he was healthy and he wasn't the last few years. I want more from, I think he should wear 71, but he's not. And, okay, we remember Zezelberg and Osborne and how dominant they were as a checking line. I just don't see Kerfoot, Hyman, and Mikheyev there. I don't see that line near the checking line that we used to have back in the 90s. We got to get there. Okay, well, first of all, I think we really like Zach Hyman, right? No question, and he's in the right spot in the third line in my mind. Okay, and I think... Ilya Mikheyev is, is found money, and I, I think he's, he's, it's going to be an easier game for him as a third-line left-winger than a second-line left-winger. He'll have more fun on the second line if he gets back up there. But yeah. now he's got speed, he can kill penalties, he can play defense if he knows this role. The key will be Alexander Kerfoot. Right, because he can't win a face-off like Peter Zezel could. Not even close. No. Not even close. 
But when the when the game is on, can he cover in his own zone? Yes. Can he move the puck out? Yes. Can these guys get it out and kill their 43 and a half seconds without trouble and grind? And put, put it this way. Kerfoot, for what he wants to do in the future, he's being watched now. He's never been surrounded by better players to play this role. He needs his, I'm probably more worried about Kerfoot than some of the other things that they've done. This mm-hmm. whole thing will be on the wrong foot if Kerfoot struggles. Well, Cooley, you right off the top, very passionate uh, out of you. What a surprise uh, that you said if they don't make the conference final with, you know, wh- what you called a yellow brick road uh, to the path there. And I agree. I mean, if they can't get there, I mean, that is a sad indictment on guys that are making gajillions of dollars. And we've talked about that constantly with this team, the big four. We're confident that Matthews isn't going nice, Clarky. There you go. We're confident Matthews isn't going going anywhere and he shouldn't we're confident i think that Tavares isn't going anywhere no one's going to take that contract on as he ages so then the the conversation is always around nylander and marner if they don't make it that far and like you said what would the excuse be at that point is that a death knell for mitch marner as a toronto maple leaf i would be more worried if i was a suit and tie wearer than i would be those guys I think I think it starts at Brennan Shanahan on down. If they miss the playoffs, it's oh. Hiroshima. If they make the playoffs and lose in the first round, it's the suburbs of Hiroshima. If they make the playoffs, win a round, and lose a heartbreaker, and Matthews was hurt because he blocked a shot, killing a penalty, then there might be a reprieve. I don't believe in excuses, Lucy. I'm Ricky Ricardo. Get there. Stop your excuses. There's 53 years of excuses that must end on June the 5th. And it's the semifinal, old school. And if they play Montreal in the semifinal like they did in 1979, it's payback time. That's what I would say. Well, want your opinion on the rest of the Canadian division then. Uh, Oh, I got more Leaf questions. We'll get back to the Leafs questions. Okay, okay, okay. Let's just jump. Who do you think is the second horse in this race? Um, I, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Winnipeg, whether you know they can create some more magic. Um, Clarky's shaking it. You're going to shake your head, Clarky. It's got to be Edmonton, doesn't it? I don't think Edmonton has the depth. Well, Edmonton. They got two of the best players in the league. There's three to me. Uh, they got the worst goal. Who is two? Okay. It's Vancouver. Okay. Everyone's underestimating Vancouver. Brady Holtby's got a good year with Thatcher Demko. Okay. They've got two lines. Mm-hmm. They still mm-hmm. have two lines. Okay. Um, they've got grind on the third and fourth. They've got a lot there. And their defense is better than people think. Quinn, and I like Travis Green start, too. Right. Uh, so they will be better. And Vancouver travels west to east better than the east teams travel east to west. They've already done it all the time. They mm-hmm. do this on a regular basis. The Canadian, the, the Eastern Canadian teams, they go there once a year, see you later. Not this year. Vancouver's best suited to travel than these other teams. And they've got two goalies, as does Montreal, but they've got two dramatic top six lines. Montreal spread out. They have a very good team. I'd be surprised if they missed. I think the teams that are going to be hurting are Calgary and Winnipeg, who end up missing the playoffs, but it will be tight. I'm not really willing to put anything on the line because the division's so tight other than Ottawa 7 and the Leafs in the top two. The Oilers could shake and bake to five. They could end up being second. 
because I think McDavid's going to have an unbelievable season. It will be the highest scoring division of, of the four. It's the group of seven, which means seven teams and averaging seven goals a game. It will be Hudson Bay pond hockey. And again, <laughs> offense reigns supreme. Who does that help? Who can't play defense and is good offensively? Oh, the whole division. Because none of them can play defense, folks. I think the Leafs' depth will be a key for them. And I think maybe some of this Jimmy VC uh, talk right now is to uh, light maybe a fire under Nick Robertson because this guy came up, played in the playoffs, and now he seems to be at least the projection for the uh, first opening game, the odd man out. I I think Nick Robertson will work his way back in, and depth is going to be a key. And goaltending, the Leafs have a lot of goalies on their roster too. How are they going to figure all that out? Is it Campbell and, and Freddie, and then the other two guys are just there for practice? Well, first of all, I like Arendell. I see. I know. Like, yeah, that's good. I think we might see more three goalies mm-hmm. in the league this year, maybe because of illness, sadly. But if the twos don't solve the problem, the ones can't play forty games. Although mm-hmm. I do believe that the Leafs are in a spot that if they, if they run Freddie, they'll run him. He doesn't have a contract for next year. This is show me. This is Missouri. You better perform and you better win. Do you want to sign him to a long-term deal if he misses the playoffs, loses in the first round? He's got to win a series. He's 0 for 4. For God's sakes, buddy, Bianca Lana, he wouldn't even go 0 for 4 if he got five at-bats in a game. So let's let's have something here that he can say, wow, I won a game. I won a series. Like I said, stop the excuses. On paper, they're better than anybody in the division. The other teams are still very good, and anything could happen, yes. But look at this club, top to bottom, and the depth. You mentioned Robertson. So the door is open beside Tavares. Open beside Tavares and William Nylander and be isolated by Hyman on the third line with Spence and Simmons on the fourth line with Brody in there. Miko Lettinen's going to surprise people. Travis Dermott, your buddy, I'm sorry, your billet. He's, he's fighting for a spot. They're deeper now than they've been in a long time, long time. And I do believe it's show me or it's turn out the night like Sinatra. Yeah. Sorry. Do you think this, uh, this setup's going to build up some tenacity for the Leafs from a mental perspective. I mean, you, you talk about grinding, you talk about the guys, but overall as a club, do you think the mental tenacity can build through this regular season when you have all these games between Canadian teams? That's a great point. Cause the Leafs have been mental midgets. They've been mental midgets. They have just been playing games of the Jake Gardner meltdown or the Freddie Anderson meltdown or uh, remember when Morgan Riley scored against Tuka Rask in game six? Uh, they were up. That was a series-clinching game. Then they melted down. They had Boston up one nothing in game six. Couldn't get the job done. They've had too many offers. And I think in here, I, I didn't believe, I wasn't as big or understood the mental part as much, but Jamie McLennan said it best. Skill and will can, can only do so much. Up here's the difference from saying we're down two games to nothing. We're in game three. We're in overtime. We're still going to win this series because we're going to win the overtime. We're going to battle back. I haven't seen those types of teams since 93 Burns and Quinn in 02. Maybe mm-hmm. it's time for this group to show us they've got some of that. To me, the par is to go to the final four. The birdie is to go to the Stanley Cup final. The eagle is to win it all. You know what? We're at Augusta. You've made the turn. Let's sh- see what you got around Dead Man's Corner. 
Yeah, they they got to make significant progress here. And I mean, I know Clarky gets aggravated when I defend Freddie Anderson sometimes. I just want to say, like, I, I know he's 0 for 4 with the Leafs here. They've just straight up got to do a better job of helping him out. Sometimes you need to help your goalie out a little bit. This is a guy that went to a Western Conference final with the Anaheim Ducks not that long ago. That was 2015, and they lost in double OT in game seven to Chicago. Like, the guy can play net. Help him out a little bit. He's had bit. some bad luck. I yeah, really I, feel he has had some. Like those goals the last two years to basically eliminate them in game sevens. We're seeing eye goals. They should never have gone in, but they just hit the right spot. Puck luck is sucks. a huge. It, it, you're right, Clarky. It's a huge thing. I, I watched the Capitals and I personally suffered through it for a decade going, where is our bounce? Why can we not get a bounce against the mm -hmm. Penguins? Mm -hmm. That's the Bruins for you. We've talked about this numerous times. I just, last year, especially Freddie Anderson was awesome. Mm -hmm. And he was not the reason that they lost. And I neither agree. was Austin Matthews. There were a lot of guys totally agree. right at the top of my list that were terrible last year. Totally that can't agree. Happen, that can't happen again. Thank God, you and I agree. Yeah, it's just straight up. That's the way you spend the money. You got to get a performance out of these guys. All right, uh, Cooley, I want to ask you a couple things just around the league. A lot of trade rumors. We've talked a bit about Line A and where he might end up. He's clearly not very happy in Winnipeg. But now, Pierre-Luc Dubois, he signs a two-year extension on a bridge deal that's very absorbable for other teams. This guy's clearly not happy. He's not jonesing well with torts. I mean, where have we heard that story before? Who is best suited to go out and get Pierre-Luc Dubois? I, I heard earlier Pierre Lebrun saying Anaheim because of all the assets they have. Maybe Ottawa. I mean, where where do you see Pierre-Luc Dubois fitting in the best if he's moved? Well, first of all, what a shocker. And does it have anything to do with the Game 3 chastising against the Leafs? That, like I, that, to me, that's the first thing that came up. I never heard yep. about it earlier this week. So I thought if it's about money and now his second year, 6.65. So the AAV and the qualifying offer is going to push him into, into what I think Barzell is going to get, but I think Barzell should get a bit more. That's one thing, but if it's something else entirely, he's already done. Torparello's quote that says we've dealt with this before with Bobrovsky and Panarin. That makes you think that he's all but gone. And, and it's a matter of when Kings have picks and prospects, ducks have picks and prospects. Ottawa's picks and prospects. Montreal would love to get him for all the right reasons. They'd have to give up. They'd probably offer up Kotkaniemi and something else. And I think uh, Columbus would more be talking about Suzuki. I'm just trying to be realistic about what, what's in the mix here. But it's got to be someone else that has a center. It's got to be a, a center. Pierre brought up what I brought up on my show was Liney and Dubois. That doesn't solve anybody's problems. The Jets wouldn't have signed Stashny if they had Dubois. Then they're going to be a winger short. It doesn't, it, does, it doesn't make sense for them to trade one problem for another. I mean, Dubois for Barzell would be funny. I don't think we're talking about – I mean, it just would be funny. Dude, wasn't there a trade Quebec and somebody – Wendell went to Ireland. Everybody just traded Thomas, Lemieux, and Wendell. They all traded each other's garbage. It was almost like a, a Brooklyn uh, swinger swap, but that's a story for another day. Uh, but to me, I think the teams that have the most assets, the two California teams – Ottawa and Montreal can make that trade. The truth is, does Columbus really want to make it? Can you fix a problem when two people have an issue? I don't know. I'd like to say yes. I don't know if this thing has gone too far, but I am blown away 
And if it's got to do with that Leaf Columbus game, shame on torts. Because that, I think, was an overreaction, and he embarrassed him. Yeah, and I mean, the game after, he scored a hat trick and was unbelievable. But yeah, you know, for Columbus, who have made great strides forward the last couple years, to lose PLD, oh, geez, like that sets them back a lot. I think he's a bonafide number one center. And if they do make a deal, they got to make sure, Yarmo Kekalainen's got to make sure he gets some blue chips back and all blue chips because this kid's legit. Want to ask you one final thing here, Cooley. A lot of great freshmen coming into the league this year. We know know about Lafreniere. He he didn't play for Canada at the World Juniors. He's jacked up to play at MSG. We know about Tim Stutzel. We know about Zegris. Who, in your opinion, is going to be the standout rookie this year? Who's going to take home the Calder Trophy? There is a lot of top-end candidates. Kirill Kaprizov, that's how he wants his name pronounced. Wow, okay, off the board. Yep, he'll be 24 in uh, May. Yeah. He's played two back-to-back 30-goal seasons in the KHL. He had nine goals when he was 18 at the World Juniors. Nobody at this tournament this year had nine. He had nine and seven. Uh, he lit it up at the Olympic Games when Russia won gold in 2018. He should have been in this league about uh, two or three years ago. Uh, Bill Guerin told me it was like chasing a unicorn, and the unicorn has arrived. Guess what number he's wearing? 97, playing oh. with Yukat and Parisi. Uh, he's my number one. My number two is Igor Shesterkin. The Russian goalies are a theme right now. And I think the fight will be between Stutzla and uh, Alexi Lafreniere for the number three spot. Older is better. Remember, Timo Solani scored 76 goals as a 22-year-old. When you're a little older with the European experience, it helps. So I think 97 in Minnesota will be our Calder Trophy winner this year. That's an interesting pick. And and I kind of agree. I mean, Kaprizov has been a guy that has been, you know, lauded ever since Minnesota picked him. And, you know, we experienced this. I say we as if I'm in the organization in Washington when Kuznetsov came over. And after a few years, he ended up being the key cog in a Stanley Cup run. We'll see if Kaprizov factors in that heavily eventually. But, geez, this kid's talented. And and that's a great pick by you. I mean, uh, he's probably a sleeper in in gambling. Maybe we should bring that up later. I don't know. I, if you're on cool bet, take Kaprizov for the Calder. Cooley, it's always a pleasure. Are buddy. we on a time already? Well, we have world juniors. We have like advertising on helmets. We have Zdeno Chara in the capital. Oh my goodness. I'll talk about that. If you want, we another another time, another time. We'll have to, it'll have to be another time. Big Z in DC. It'll, it'll, that'll be interesting. I'm excited about it. Actually. Cooley. We really appreciate this brother. It's great to see you. I agree. I I think 2021 is going to be better. Uh, We hope (laughs) at least (laughs) given what's been going on this week down South. I mean, not off to a great start, but hopefully, it'll be better. Cooley, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, brother. Thanks for doing this. Love you, Bryce. Love you. Say hi to Gary for me. Gary's my buddy. I know. (laughs) All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about some baseball news, baseball in January, but we got to talk about it. Major moves being made in major league baseball. You're listening to and watching MWO sports brought to you by coolbet.co. This is MWO sports.
Welcome back to MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury alongside Clarky and Steve Saverin. And still, we, my, my ears are still, like, vibrating from Coolius is yelling. Oh Cooley is the best God. If, if nothing else, he is passionate. Uh, what <laughs> yes. a great guy. And uh, speaking of passion now, I know we're going we're gonna to talk about baseball. I teased it last segment. We're going to talk about some baseball news, and, and we should. Some big, big deals made. But I didn't want to bring it up because I'm still a little upset. World Juniors, Canada comes up just short. It was a great game. It was a fun tournament. It was great to have hockey on TV again. But Canada comes up short in the gold. Fourth straight time that they have lost to the United States in a gold medal game, guys. I mean, the U.S. just has their number. And and listen, if you played that game nine times, you know, nine times out of ten, maybe Canada wins. I still think their roster is was better. But it doesn't matter. In a, in a one-game elimination tournament, the U.S. comes out big and, and led by guys like Trevor Zegras and Spencer Knight gets a shutout. First time ever a, a U.S.-born goaltender got a shutout in a gold medal game. Clarky, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the game? What went wrong? Well, <clears throat> they, they fell behind, and that's what went wrong. And they didn't have that adversity the whole tournament. I thought it was one of the worst world juniors leading up to that gold medal game. Canada had no competition. It's awful. Like some of the games were terrible. Would they get 19 goals or something in one game? 16, 16, 19. Who cares when you get that high? Yep. Uh, But like, I just, I honestly wasn't into it as much as I usually get into it until I watched the gold medal game. And, you know, everyone said it. They hadn't faced any adversity. You know, the U S they lost a game to Russia and they had to bounce back and they did bounce back. Canada hadn't even trailed. They hadn't even given up an even strength goal up until that gold medal game. And they got behind and they started chasing. And I thought Tom Rennie said it perfectly in the intermission. They started playing not to, not to lose. And that's a kiss of death. Um, and the other thing is, and I'm pissed off about it. And I'm going to say it, Alexi Lafreniere should have been playing. The Rangers can like, basically like, I don't, they weren't playing Ryan. The NHL was not playing. Are, are you going to protect this guy in bubble wrap all his career now? Like next time the Olympics come and Alexi Lafreniere is on the bubble, kick him off. Don't let him play. I don't care. Don't let him play. You got to you got to let these guys play, especially when the league's not playing. I don't like. Well, it. Uh, I I will just interject mm. quickly but and Rangers say, Rangers hold him back. US wins the World Juniors. Exactly. Let, That's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, now we're a conspiracy theory show. Listen, I had if a If he was American, serious- Ryan, if he was an American, do you think he would have been playing? No. No, I do not. And I'll I'll say this quickly, I had a spirited 45 minute debate with our friend dark guy over this. And I agree with what the Rangers did. Uh, would did. I, would I have liked to have seen him play? Of course, there was nothing else for him to achieve here. And if he gets hurt, like Kirby doc did, you think, you think the Chicago what is his career over up? is his career over. His He's going to miss a over. month. How long, how much gonna, is he going to miss? Going to miss the entire season. He's going to be out four or five months with a fractured wrist. Well, his wrist was that, a little crooked. There's no doubt about it. I'm just saying I agree with what the Rangers did. Call me crazy or anti-Canadian, ah. whatever. I, I'm not. I agree with what the Rangers did from a business perspective. It was a tough game for Canada. Steve, what, what were your thoughts on it overall? Well, I just uh, – the Americans came out of the shoot. Um they got the jump. It, it, you know, it's funny because when I was watching it, I, I, I said to, uh, well, I texted my wife. She asked, what's going on? 
And I said, well, the Americans are just playing Canada's game better. It was the exact same game that Canada's had played all tournament. Two men on the puck in the offensive zone, pressure, 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 pressure. And I really thought in that second half of the first period, Canada looked like they had no legs, a lot of standing around and it just, uh, and then, you know, their top in Clarky, you said it before um, in our segment with Coolius about seeing eye pucks, that first goal was a beauty of a tip. Nothing you could do about that. I mean, that was a fantastic goal. Uh, so um, it is what it is. Um, they got beat. So what? I mean, we, we move on. Um, they'll go on to their careers and hopefully have very sex, uh, successful careers. Um, and, and, you know, kudos to the States to playing the game better yep. than what we came out with. Yep. Um, but, you know, it should serve as a lesson moving forward. Um, I really think they got to do something with the pools or the groups. Like yeah. you, said, you said it, Clarky. No, yeah. I mean, everybody's, oh, look, Canada's in an easy pool. No, no. No, we don't want to be. Who cares Change if Change the format. Who cares if you finish first? As long as you get into the playoffs, you have a chance to win a medal. Mm-hmm. So I, no home ice advantage really anyway. Like, no. Yeah. Like, I mean, you got, you, you, like, I shouldn't say they were in a very weak group, Sweden, us and Russia. Yeah. They should not, they should not have been in the same group. Sweet to have Sweden, USA, Russia in one group is a bit silly to me. Um, they got to figure out a way to uh, rejig that. But hey, like you guys said, it is what it is. We don't need to have a summit. No, they lost and they played the well. Was- they were the best team. They just didn't win the last game. Yes, I agree. And at the end of the day, these guys are going to have great careers. I think Dylan Cousins is sick. I, I think Bowen Byram, me personally, I thought he was the best player at the tournament. Uh, I-, I can't believe the riches Colorado producer Adam has to be really happy is Colorado Avalanche have a disgusting top three defenseman Byram McCarr and Gerard for the next 10 years. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch. All right, really quick moving away from the sadness of the world juniors. We still love it. Canada will, will win next year. It'll be fine. The Cubs are capitulating and they trade away. You Darvish, the Padres are picking up everybody. They get Blake Snell, they get Darvish and they get the, uh, the big free agent guy from Korea. Ha Seong Kim signs there as well. I mean, the Padres are doing everything they can to go after the LA Dodgers. It's going to be amazing. And then you look today. I mean, as we record this, you look at what the Mets are doing under new owner Steve Cohen. They get Francisco Lindor. I mean, he's going to be the face of the franchise alongside guys like Noah Syndergaard and Pete Alonso. I mean, the Mets are coming to play. Your thoughts on the moves quickly, Steve? Well, you know what? It's it's one of those things. Uh, good for the Mets. That's going to add to them a lot. Um, they're going to be competitive uh, in that National League East. I'm not sold on the Padres. Um, okay. I, I, I really... I really think they're going to be the uh, Texas Rangers of, of the National League West. Remember when the Rangers, uh, you know, spent big bucks there back in the uh, early 90s, mid 90s, didn't really go anywhere. I don't know if I don't know if they have the gel. All right, we'll take a quick break. No more baseball. Sorry, Clarky. And uh, we'll talk with our wagering expert, Chris Abbott, next on a big 
NFL playoff weekend coming up here on MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. This is MWO Sports. Welcome back to wrap things up here on MWO Sports, brought to you as always by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury still alongside Steve Saber and Clarky. And of course, we welcome back our wagering expert from CoolBet, Mr. Chris Abbott. Chris, how are you, man? Uh, how was the holidays? Uh, you know, it was good. I wish I could say it was relaxing. It wasn't, uh, but in a good way. We, we've been we've been completely busy. Uh, I think I watched every game of the World Juniors except save maybe one or two, um, and, and it was great and it was profitable for for me uh, and I think the company. But I, I don't care about them. The it's profitable for me, and uh, it was great. So I hope you guys had a chance to kick back and relax. It was a little bit different for me. I usually go home to Newfoundland every year. Uh, that wasn't in the cards this year, but in a weird way, it, it took a lot of the pressure off, and I just um, just kind of hung out and and went at my own pace. It was dare I say it was kind of nice. There you go. Well, it's a shame you couldn't get back to the rock. And uh, I mean, hopefully next year or this year, I should say, I guess uh, in 2021, things are a little different. Let's dive right back in here, Chris NFL end of the season. It's wildcard weekend coming up here, man. There are some good matchups. There always are NFL playoffs are the best. Let's start with the Saturday matchups. Indy at Buffalo. I don't know how you feel about this one. I, I think it would be, you know, a disappointment if the bills don't win, but old sneaky Phil Rivers, you never know what he's going to give you. How, who do you like in this one? I mean, the Bills have just been absolutely crushing everybody lately, and, and it's not even close. Um, this game opened around seven and a half, though, and it's down to six. Uh, Bills were seven and a half, now, now it's six. So money is coming in on Indianapolis, even though the public does like the Bills. So that's always something to be wary about. Um, I saw today that Stefan Diggs was questionable. I mean, I guess everyone's questionable until they, uh, till they kick it off. So we'll see, but they've got some weapons that not a lot of people talk about, uh, in Buffalo. So I, I really, really like their chances here. I, I um, you know, the Colts, they've gotten away with a couple of games. I mean, just two out of two out of three weeks, they, they, they got out by the skin of their teeth against the Texans who are not a good football team. So um, I don't think that division was very good this year that they play in. Uh, I think Tennessee is a little bit overrated and uh, Houston wasn't very good. Indianapolis wasn't very good. So I love the bills here. I took them on the spread. I took them in money line parlays. Um, so I, you know, my, my whole weekend could be shot by about three 30 on Saturday afternoon, but uh, I'm willing to, I'm willing to take that risk. Well, now, I, I don't want to get the same. Uh, I did the same. Go ahead, Clarky. I don't want to get Steve excited here, but did, I think the Bills could win the Super Bowl. I really do. Seven Me to too. one right now. Seven to one. And I think it's a really good bet. And I know that we have that um, Southern Ontario bias, right? I, I get that. Midwestern Ontario bias. You know what, though? Uh, I'm going to interrupt. I, I, I have. I, I hated the Bills. I don't mind okay. them now, but I've hated them. And I, I still think, like, there's no bias coming from me, that's for sure. But man, oh man, Josh Allen is lights out. Like it was unbelievable the last game. Like, yeah, I'm with you, Clarky. Like, uh, if not for the season Aaron Rodgers had, um, Josh Allen is is seriously in the MVP conversation. Um, I, I think if if he had played the way he played in like the last ten games, if he played that way the entire year, um, yeah, I I love it. Mm -hmm. I even think he should still be in consideration. But Aaron Rodgers' season was so so good. Uh, Mahomes fell off a little bit at the end. I, I'm with you. I, I, he's the real deal. It's weird to think that the Bills are good. People were talking about the Bills winning the division in the preseason. I wasn't ready to buy it just yet. 
Um, I, I wish I have. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, flip a coin for me between him and Rodgers. Uh, interestingly enough, Josh Allen, first player in NFL history with 4,500 plus passing yards, 40 or more touchdowns passing, and five or more rushing touchdowns. This kid is going to own the AFC East for the next 10, 15 years even. This kid is dynamite. I like the Bills all the way. Let's talk Rams, Seahawks. This is a weird one, a hard one for me to get a gauge on. I like the Seahawks because of Russ, I guess. Jared Goff's got that wonky thumb. You, you never know what you're going to get with him either. Same as, you know, in the vein of that Phil Rivers type in the other game we just talked about. I like the Seahawks here, but I, I'm going to take the Rams to cover the spread. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at it. It's about a field goal right now, uh, which means money has been coming in on the Rams because it was three and a half. I, this is a game I, I haven't bet yet, and and I might wait, and I may I may not bet it. It might might depend how much money I win on the Bills game. See, I'll get them feeling right before kickoff. But I I don't know either. And a big part of it is because the NFC West has been so so hard to figure out this year. Um, the Rams one week look like man, they could win the Super Bowl with all the weapons they have, and Cam Akers is unbelievable. And yeah, Aaron Donald nobody gets by him. And then and then another week they they give up thirty five and score five. Like so. But Seattle's been the same way. Seattle was unbelievable to start the year, and they kind of limped to the finish line. So I honestly don't know either. And I guess in those regards, it's always best to take the underdog if you're getting points. Um, you know, Russ is the better quarterback. The Rams have some great receivers, but uh, the Seahawks have maybe the two best receivers in the game. Um, defensively, you've got to go with the Rams, but Seattle's defense has been better throughout the year. And Chris Carson hasn't been as good as he was. He's dealt with some injuries. There's injuries in the running game for the Rams. So, yeah, it's a close one. And I guess you're getting the three points at home for Seattle. And other than that, it's it's a coin toss. So, yeah, it's a tough one. And, and I don't know what to pick. And, and that's why I haven't yet. Yeah, it's maybe perhaps one to avoid. Let's talk about the last game on Saturday. Tampa Bay, old Tommy Brady, 40 touchdowns again. It looks like he's not a system quarterback like everybody said he was. Uh, impressive season overall. They had a lot of ups and downs, though, and they played a horrible schedule. They played terrible teams all year. So you take the 40 with a grain of salt, but they're playing the Washington football team who have just a legit defense. I mean, if you could put that Washington defense on a Seattle or the Rams, you'd really, you know, favor them, but they just don't have the offensive firepower that Tampa has. And Chase Young says he can't wait to eat up Tom Brady. There's already some trash talking going on. Who do you like in this one? This is a tough one too, because it's offense versus defense. It's a big spread, seven and a half points on the road for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I like it. I, I they've their offense has been really, really good. Um, you know, Mike Evans is hurt again, so you know that he comes out, but Antonio Brown's fine in his stride. Like he's like their third receiver. Are you kidding me? Antonio Brown. Um, so yeah, I, I've got to ride with the Buccaneers here. I like this Washington team. I've liked them all year. Alex Smith's not healthy. Antonio Gibson gave it a go last week and he didn't look like he did before the injury. So that pretty much eliminates the entire offense for the Washington football team. Yeah, their defense is good. Their defense is good, not great. So I, I've got to go with Tampa Bay here. And, uh, you know, parlay them on the money line with the Bills, maybe take away the, the points. It's a lot of points on the road, but I do think they win the game. It's going to be interesting to see how Tampa Bay's offensive line handles that front of Washington because there have been, been times through the year that where that Tampa Bay line has been crumbling. Um, when you compare that to a Buffalo offensive line where Josh Allen has 
15 minutes to throw the ball. Uh, but I think that's what makes Tom Brady so effective in those situations. He gets rid of the ball so quick to those sideline outs that even if you're rushing them, they're moving the ball up the field. So it's that's going to be a very interesting dynamic to watch. You're right, yeah. Steve. I think uh, for years and years, Tom Brady was used to having all that time to throw the ball, and it, it was an adjustment this year. But, um, you know, the last few weeks, so teams had, had kind of started playing their defense up because it looked like Tom didn't have time or the ability to throw the deep ball. And then the last two or three weeks, he's just been gunning it down the field. Don't forget about Gronk. He'll come up big. You might want to take a touchdown prop for him this weekend. I, I have no doubt that Tampa Bay wins this game. I'd be shocked if Washington won. I would as well, my friend, and I, I agree with you. I think I like Tampa to cover the points. You never really know what they're going to get, but uh, just with how anemic the Washington football team offense is, I think Tampa is going to have the ball a ton more, and that gives Tommy, Tom Terrific, the opportunity to throw a lot more footballs, and I just think that that equates to a big win, although I do like Washington's defense a lot. They might be the best in this play. Yeah, one last thing on this game, Ryan, and I know I know we've got to move on to the next one, but I, I think a defensive or special teams touchdown is quite likely the, the offensive line for Washington is not very good. So you got Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue coming at uh, – at the quarterbacks there, the ball's going to get out. Uh, yeah, they've got Chase Young and, and that Washington defense. So I, I definitely look for a defensive or special teams touchdown. You'll probably get that at two to one, two and a half to one in this game. That's why he's our wagering expert. You got to listen to this advice. Make yourself some money this weekend. Let's talk about Sunday. This is, oh, what a tantalizing matchup. Baltimore, Tennessee, two titans of offense. No pun intended with Tennessee involved here. Derrick Henry, 2,000 rushing yards. By far the best running back in the league. He is a freak. And then you've got Lamar Jackson and a somewhat anemic Ravens offense. You never really know what you're going to get with them. You know that Lamar is usually going to be good and dangerous, but the receivers, the tight end, the offensive line you never really know what you're going to get this is going to be a heck of a matchup the one I'm most excited to watch what are your thoughts here I'm looking forward to it as well Ravens are a three-point favorite on the road in this game right now I've been on the Titans a lot this year Ryan and they've let me down an awful lot they they've gotten themselves in a lot of close games they've gotten themselves in games they 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 weren't in at all and it's because their defense is not very good um even even you know last week they 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 needed a win uh, and they let Deshaun Watson march down the field with like 40 seconds left on the clock. So um, I don't trust this Tennessee team. On the other side of things, we're all talking about Baltimore coming into this season. Lamar was, uh, you know, an MVP, um, and they didn't get off to a great start. But the last five or six games, they've looked really, really good. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, who I demoted to uh, like Laguna Beach Brown, San Francisco Brown, uh, he's back to Hollywood in my books, uh, two touchdowns last week. Miles Boykin has been a, a real nice surprise. Like taking him for a touchdown is not a bad idea. And Lamar's legs have been awesome. So what used to be an offense that was just Lamar running and Mark Andrews, uh, catching on the tight end and, and Mark Ingram driving it up the middle. You got JK Dobbins who will probably run rough shot over this Tennessee defense. Um, as you can tell, I'm, I'm very, very much into the Ravens here. If they can limit Derrick Henry at all. Pressure Ryan Tannehill at all. I think they come away with this one. Yeah, it's going to be a, a tough matchup for sure. The one I'm most looking forward to, and you're right, if they can get at Henry and limit and force Tannehill to throw more, I think that they have a very good chance of winning this game. Let's get to the game that I think is the most lopsided matchup here. I, I just, I, I don't know how you 
you don't take New Orleans, even with all the chat around Alvin Kamara right now, is he going to be able to play some COVID concerns there for sure? Uh, but the old war horse, Drew Brees, it's probably his last go round. The Bears stink. They suck on offense. I, I can't sugarcoat it for them. They suck. Do not trust Mitch Trubisky in any situation, whether they start him or not. The Bears stink. Um, what are your thoughts? Are you on the same page? I don't know how you don't take New Orleans and I don't know how you don't take him with the points. Uh, I think New Orleans wins uh, for sure. Well, not, I, I'm going to say not for sure because Okay. David Montgomery and this Chicago offense, ha- Montgomery's been good and better, and he's giving Trubisky an opportunity to throw the ball a bit. Um, Chicago makes a lot of mistakes. They still have a really good defense. Ten points is an awful lot in a playoff game without Michael Thomas and potentially without Alvin Kamara. So I'd look at an Emmanuel, at Emmanuel Sanders receiving touchdown props, and I would – I'd be – I'm convinced to take the Bears plus 10 or put them in a teaser up to plus 16 or 17. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I think the Bears can keep this close. Maybe I'm being fooled by Mitch Trubisky and it's going to be an absolute whitewash. But um, I don't know. This Bears team has, has had something the last few weeks. Um, so I, I don't think it's as cut and dry as, as New Orleans steamrolling here. Well, they made the playoffs. You have to give them that. And yeah, you never know the playoffs. Hey, this is why we play the games. I'm very confident in New Orleans. You've maybe convinced me to not take the points. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Final one here. This is going to be a great game too. We hope anyway, Pittsburgh who lagged to the finish line against Cleveland, an up and coming team. Cleveland makes the playoffs for the first time since 2002. Haven't won a playoff game since 94. When my boy, uncle Bill Belichick was their coach. Um, This is a huge game. I mean, Pittsburgh lagged to the finish line. This is a legacy game, I think, for Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, is it his last great team that he's in charge of? And then on the other side, you got Baker Mayfield, who likes to talk a lot. If the Browns can win this game, which I think they can, um, that would be huge for the organization. What are your thoughts on this one? I think the Browns can win this game. Obviously, their head coach, Kevin Stavansky, is not going to be available, so that that's huge, right? Um, I think the line in this game was about three or four points, and then with the news that Stavansky was out, it's gone to six points. I I, I don't trust the Pittsburgh Steelers to beat anyone by a touchdown right now. Uh, their rushing game is, is basically non-existent. Um, which means you've got a force bend to throw it to, you know, a good receiving court who has had the dropsies for a lot of the season. The problem with betting on Cleveland is you don't know what you're going to get. They might come out and win this by 30, or, you know, they might, they might get absolutely blown out of the water. I tend to think that it will be a close game though. So if you're getting six points, I think taking the points with Cleveland is not a terrible idea. You could sprinkle them on the money line at plus 221. But yeah, Pittsburgh uh, limped to the finish line. They have an inflate. They had an inflated record as it was before they 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 finally lost their first game, and they had like a good half um, two weeks ago, and then rested a lot of starters last week. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Cleveland coming in here. Nick Chubb's been outstanding. Um, Jarvis Landry's been really good. They haven't, they've, they've been fine without Odell Beckham. Um, so I'm, I, uh, I don't know. It's hard to bet on Cleveland anytime. Um, but it's at six points. It's, it's not a terrible idea. I think out of all yeah. the playoff matches, this game, Cleveland is the one team 
that has the most chance of self-imploding. Um, they, they've done that in the past, and we need to look at all the matchups. And this is probably the most emotional matchup out of all the games. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, playoff. How many times have the Steelers dashed the dreams of Browns fans, whether it be in the season or the playoffs? So, I mean, there's a lot more than just a win at stake here. There, there's Cleveland's going to walk, want to make a statement. And anytime you see somebody try to squeeze something really hard, it ends up slipping through their fingers. So uh, this is probably my favorite matchup of the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, the uh, these teams played back on October 18th, and Pittsburgh won 38 to seven um, in a game that Nick Chubb was not available, um, and Baker Mayfield was yanked for Case Keenum. So be interesting to see. Be interesting to see what happens here. Um, I don't think it'll be 38 to seven again, though. Um, but again, I don't have a bet in on this game either yet. So it's interesting. A couple that we talked about, you know, the Rams, the Rams Seahawks game. I, I don't know what to do this game. I'm I'm not really sure what to do. It'll probably be dictated by how my weekend goes before Sunday night. <laughs> I agree. Well, I'm going to take the mouthpiece. I am going to bet on Baker Mayfield to cover the points. I don't know about money line. I'm going to take the Browns to cover the points. That's my thoughts here. It's going to be a great weekend of NFL playoff action. He is our wagering expert, Chris Abbott. Thanks for doing this, buddy. A great start to the new year. Absolutely. And next time we talk, the NHL season will be underway. So uh, that'll be fun. Cannot wait, buddy. It's going to be the best. All right. Uh, we really appreciate you listening to and watching the show. Remember, you can listen Fridays right after six on CKNX AM 920. You can find us on all the best podcast apps. You can find us on YouTube now. Be sure to watch the shows there after nine o'clock on Friday nights, or you can catch it at eight o'clock Friday nights, Sunday nights at nine with our friends on Whiteman TV. He is Steve Sabrin. He is Chris Clark. That is our wagering expert, Chris Abbott from CoolBet. I am Ryan Drury. We appreciate you listening to and watching MWO Sports brought to you by CoolBet.co. 